Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses various risk management categories, such as vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the period from July 14th to July 20th, 2014. As a proud sponsor of Black Hat, Cisco is committed to providing customers with the research and solutions necessary to help them achieve unmatched visibility, consistent control, and a reduction in complexity. Our threat and security experts will be in booth 611 to showcase the Cisco Advanced Threat Protection Portfolio of Solutions and Services, which is integrated, pervasive, continuous, and open. You can still catch up on the Best of Cisco Live 2014 keynotes, partner case studies, and session presentations. Go to www.ciscolive.com US. Registration on the website allows access to additional resources and presentations. Vulnerability activity returned to lower levels, consistent with previous periods. Highlights for this period included the Oracle Critical Patch Update Advisory for July 2014, multiple Red Hat updates for Apache Tomcat and JBoss, and continued updates for OpenSSL and GNU TLS. Oracle has released the July 2014 Critical Patch Update. The update contains 113 new security fixes that address multiple Oracle product families. The update corrects multiple vulnerabilities that could allow an attacker to bypass security restrictions, access sensitive information, execute arbitrary code, or cause a denial of service condition on a targeted system. The critical patch update includes an update for Java SE that addresses 20 vulnerabilities that impact versions 5 through 8. Organizations are advised to follow their standard processes for testing and deploying the Oracle product updates, while users who have not removed Java from their systems may need to manually update their systems to the latest versions and updates. Multiple vulnerabilities were reported in Advantech Web Access, some of which have functional exploit code available. Multiple vulnerabilities were also reported in Citrix Netscaler and ZenServer, some of which have proof-of-concept exploit code available. Google Chrome released the July 2014 update to correct multiple vulnerabilities. Researchers and the media reported a vulnerability in Microsoft Active Directory and NTLM, but this reported vulnerability has been known for years. It is well documented and has multiple mitigation methods. Researchers also reported multiple vulnerabilities in various password management products, most of which have been addressed in updates for those products. Password management software is highly recommended to assist users in creating and managing complex passwords, updating them regularly, and storing them securely. But as with any software product, users do need to keep the software updated to the latest versions. Researchers reported the identification of additional vulnerabilities in WordPress plugins. As we have previously reported, the WordPress software and particularly the plugins are frequently exploited to compromise the host system and use it in criminal activity. WordPress system owners and operators are advised to remove any unneeded plugins and closely monitor the remaining plugins for updates. Researchers have also been discussing weaknesses and vulnerabilities in the recently released LibreSSL software. With the recent release of LibreSSL for community review, researchers have identified vulnerabilities carried over from the OpenSSL code, specifically in the PRNG code. This is a noteworthy example of how difficult it is to write cryptographic software 
and how complex the code can be. Organizations are cautioned against attempting to create their own cryptographic software, and despite the identified vulnerabilities, to use only cryptographic software that has been widely reviewed. A security organization reported the identification of mobile ransomware. The malicious code is delivered through fake popular applications. It causes the mobile device to lock and presents a message that appears to come from the United States FBI that the user is being investigated for illegal activity. This is very similar to the recent trends in spam and ransomware that continue to be highly successful in infecting user systems and now mobile devices. Users are cautioned to ensure they have backups of their data, run updated antivirus software on their systems and mobile devices, and contact their product vendors for assistance in removing the ransomware. IntelliShield published 110 events last week that included 59 new events and 51 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. For more information, visit www.cisco.com go IntelliShield. In the Attacks and Compromises Risk Management category, following the U.S. government takedown of the Game Over Zeus botnet, researchers are now reporting the identification of a new variant that is attempting to spread and infect new systems. The original Game Over Zeus botnet was targeted by the U.S. government due to its high level of success in infecting systems and using those systems in criminal activity. One of the factors that enabled the original Game Over Zeus botnet's success was the P2P communication used between infected systems and command and control systems. The new variant is reported to now use fast flux domain changes to avoid detection and blocking of the command and control communications. While it is no surprise that the new variant of the Game Over Zeus botnet has returned in the wild, the changes in the new variant are important to note. The previous P2P communications made it very difficult to track and block for many organizations, and while the fast flux technique is well known, it also presents organizations with a challenge. By creating and quickly changing domains, potentially hundreds or thousands of times daily, the botnet often avoids control measures of blocking known malicious domains. What does aid in the blocking is the rapid creation and short lifespan of the new domains. Organizations can augment their web security systems by monitoring DNS activity for rapid connections to multiple suspicious domains to assist in identifying systems that may be impacted. Other fast flux defenses have been developed and should be a part of web security measures. In cloud news, the Cloud Security Alliance has released updates for the Consensus Assessments Initiative Questionnaire, or CAIQ, and the Cloud Controls Matrix announcing that with the updates, the CSA has completed a major milestone in the alignment of the CAIQ with the cloud controls matrix and the security guidance for critical areas of focus in cloud computing. Considered the de facto standards for cloud operations, these works result from the efforts of multiple cloud community working groups. As increasing numbers of organizations consider and deploy cloud solutions, the questions, considerations, and risks may remain foreign or unknown to many. The Cloud Security Alliance and community working groups, including Cisco, provide the initiative to supply guidance and recommendations for approaching and successfully implementing cloud solutions. Regardless of the type of cloud solution or where in the process organizations currently find themselves, the security measures and controls required for successful cloud deployments can be identified and addressed using the CSA guidance. Next, in legal news, the United States Federal Trade Commission filed a lawsuit against Amazon.com targeting practices 
of in-app purchases the FTC alleges violates the FTC Act. The complaint addresses in-app purchases made through devices such as Amazon Fire Tablet. Some apps allow in-app purchases, allowing players to buy game currency or additional game content with real money using a credit card linked to the device. The lack of device or app controls, the FTC alleges, permits children to make purchases without parental consent. Most of the money made in the mobile app marketplace is through in-app purchases. The dominant software model involves releasing free apps and then charging customers for additional content within those apps, allowing customers to try the app before they buy more features. The FTC suit may endanger this increasingly profitable marketplace. In a similar recent complaint against in-app purchases, Apple settled a lawsuit with the FTC this year. These recent rulings and suits, along with the new complaint against Amazon from the FTC, marks increased scrutiny of the mobile app market. Organizations should be very careful to clearly mark apps and not misrepresent the business transactions within the app at the risk of legal action from customers and government regulators. End users can protect themselves from fraudulent, accidental, or underage use of in-app purchases through various means. Rather than linking the device to a credit card, users can rely on prepaid points cards for various marketplaces, limiting the amount of funds available to any single device. Parental controls should be used to disable in-app purchases or to require a password when a purchase is made. Finally, in geopolitical news, the UK Parliament last week approved the Data Retention and Investigatory Powers Law, an emergency law reaffirming the UK government's authority to retain and search telecommunications data. The legislation was considered necessary after the European Union Court of Justice struck down the EU's Data Retention Directive in April, making it illegal for the United Kingdom, as a member of the EU, to require telecommunications and internet companies to retain communications metadata. The new law is being criticized by many for its content as well as for the speed with which it was moved through the legislative process, three days rather than the weeks most bills require. The United Kingdom's move to create a law negating the EU ruling underscores increasing British and other EU member frustration with what they perceive as dilution of the sovereignty of member states and federalization of the EU. These tensions have grown starker following EU Parliament elections this spring, during which several Eurosceptic and anti-immigration parties made gains. UK Prime Minister Cameron publicly opposed the selection of the new European Commission President, and the UK is now threatening to leave the EU in a few years if they cannot renegotiate terms of membership. For information security specialists, the dispute threatens to increase legal ambiguity particularly as the debate over privacy versus security coincide. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.